podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And that is it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, we previewed this last week and, and suggested that it could be the last, if not the last Natter ever, then at least the last Natter of the season. And yet Dave Watson's not here. Why, why is Dave <laughs> Watson not here? Well, you t- well, I've got the details from you, so... That's right. You could Dave Watson, he's, he, at the moment, he thinks it's food poisoning. That's never good. I mean, he's hoping it's food poisoning. Yeah. He says, because then I guess that's only 24 hours. But if it's the symptoms of food poisoning, but permanent, then... I think you'd, you'd think your life was over. Yeah. You'd constantly just be on but the toilet. What we know for sure is that Dave Watson has the shits right now. There's uh, a breaking news ticker going across the podcast with uh, that. I mean, if you think it's food poisoning, then it's, it's inevitably both ends. It must be both yeah. ends that he's dealing Let's, with right now. Do you want to speculate too much? Let's go over live now to Dave. It's a... <laughs> He's got the Frank Lampard of illnesses. He's, he's box to box. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Very good, yeah. Uh, so, that, I mean, what a sad end for, for Dave Watson. I mean, it's a, bit, it's a little like... I mean, it looks like John Terry might be getting another contract, but it's a little yeah. like when John Terry got a red card before his supposed last game for Chelsea. Yeah, Dave should be in here... In his full kit, like John Terry, just enjoying the finale. And I think hopefully he'll be back and we'll be back. I'm sure, I'm sure Dave will, will make appearances yes. in the future. Perhaps he'll come back a bit like when Nobby Solano came back. <laughs> yeah, I could see that working pretty well. Or even like Robbie Elliott. And just make the odd oh, appearance. God, he did, didn't he? Robbie Elliott. Came. Or Pavel Cernicek. Or Pavel Cernicek. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's all going to be fine then, isn't it? It's all going to be fine. And if the pod stops, we'll just... It'll be three people in a pub with a microphone just talking to each other. We should do that. If the pod stops... We won't record it. We'll have had severe mental breakdowns and just be doing it. If Playback Media, who organise this podcast, decide... We've had no word from them. (laughs) But if they decide that because we're in the Championship... We need to be thrown off their roster. Then we should do that. We should just go to a pub and take pretend microphones and just talk about the week's football. I think we should go full on Fathers for Justice. Dress up as superheroes (laughs) and chain ourselves to playback media. (laughs) I reckon reckon we'll be back. I I think we will... I mean, I like doing the podcast a lot, but I mainly like the excuse to come into town once a week for a drink with you and Dave. So it's, it's nice, isn't it? We'll be losing that. I mean, there's one benefit of not having Dave here is just as we entered, we got told that it has to be a slightly shorter pod this week. And uh, so that means having two, two yeah. of us should... Although we have rambled on quite a lot. Yeah, we've just not even the got into Newcastle yet. So, Newcastle, Newcastle United, right? That's what they're called? Yeah. Okay. No, the city. So, I watched the game. Uh-huh. 
You didn't, Paul. I didn't. I was shopping for buggies. Did you? That's my life now. That's your life now. You're not about to be a father. You're just a big fan of buggies. I'm a buggy right? salesman. Uh, now, did you expect the game to go the way it did? No, I think that's pretty fair. I was watching it. If you had constantly. known it was going to be, if it, if you had known it was going to go the way it did, would you have said yes when your wife said, "Let's go shop for buggies today"? That implies there was choice. I think I was, I was pretty much going. Oh, that was. I could okay. have got if it was the last day of the season and there was a chance we'd still be in the league. Then I would have been watching it, but there was a bit of. You know where you've written off a lot of weekends over the course of a season? Yes. You kind of feel like once there's no actual stakes to a game, you can't really justify doing that anymore. Yes, I understand. But I was watching it on Twitter. It was so weird because between... When it got to 2-1, I was like, oh, this looks like they might be coming back. Yes, we and went 2-0 it... up. Yeah. And we were, it was 2-0 at halftime. Yeah. Then Spurs pegged... Got one back. Got us back to 2-1. And then I think there was was the sending off when it was at 2-1. Basically, there was a moment where it felt like the game was quite tight and then went down the escalators to the floor where all the TVs are and it was 5-1 on every screen. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's happened? It was absolutely insane. Yeah. It was like they were taking the piss. Even by our standards, it was... Well, it was the most Newcastle thing to do for that game and the most Spursy thing to do. Yeah. Like, couldn't have scripted it anywhere, anymore. It was one big fucking joke. When Mitro did get sent off, I did think that was it. Yeah. Should we... Uh, let's... Well, now that I've just mentioned it, let's talk about that red card. Definitely. You've, you've red. obviously seen it. Yes. Yeah. I Definitely feel like I should red. speak up for Dave because I've seen yeah. him defending it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, like I'm assuming he... Right, let's look at the tweet that Dave He's said. He's been saying it's not the worst foul in the world and you'll see worse, but that's... Well, Fred West isn't the worst serial killer. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, Harold Shipman, in terms of numbers, was a worse serial killer than Fred West, but that is still not only a red card, not yeah. only a definite red card, yeah. but a definite four game ban yeah there were people saying like it could retroactively be made into a 10 game ban which I think is a bit extreme maybe so yeah. that's the sort of thing that seems to only happen in recent years if you bite someone I would describe it and I I like Mitrovic and I'm sure I'll be singing his praises in a moment but I would describe it as the personification of a coward's yeah tackle he was perhaps he was shielding the ball but he was he was putting his leg down in such a way as to protect himself yeah i don't think it was, it was he knew exactly what he was doing the thing that made it worse for me was the fact he then went to ground pretending he'd been hurt as well yeah i think that makes it definitely what you'd call a coward's tackle yeah it wasn't good and Earlier on in the game, there was an insane moment when he he was over a player. There'd been some kind of oh, I saw they showed this on Match of the Day, but I didn't obviously see it live. Yeah, I mean, they showed... I watched Match of the Day as well, and they showed as much as you saw during the game. But he just sort of stamped his foot down sort of dangerously next to him, but in such a aggressive way. 
and then really stared at the referee like oh, he was yes. going to nut him. Yeah. I mean, you could see the red card coming from there. He's such a Serbian warlord, Mitrovic. <laughs> it's weird because like him staring at the referee like that, it both annoys me and makes me love him. <laughs> That's the thing. Everybody loves a mental player like that. But at the same time, you feel like that's what he was like at the start of the season. And you got to a point where you thought, well, maybe he's beyond that now and he's starting to learn what the league's like. And you realise he is still such a liability. He'll always have a bit of that in him. Yeah. Roy Keane, Eric Cantona. You know, there. I'm not. he's clearly not as good as those players. No. Yet, but what but I'm saying is there are some players... Luis Suarez. There are some Lee players. Lee Catamol. Lee Catamol. All equally good players yeah. who are capable of doing something mental. Some players, you just have to accept that. Yeah. And yeah, I do love Mitrovic. But yeah. if I was a Spurs fan, I would have been angry about that. Well, I think as an England fan, there was a little bit of like, don't. He could be one of our. He could be our first choice right back going into the Euros. Don't. I'm trying to remember. So it was, it was Carl Walker. Walker. I forgot who it was on. Right. Well, he there kind you of go. Thought, yeah. like, go for, go for one of the Frenchies. So we went straight in on the red card. Uh, apologies for that because we should talk about the positive thing. I mean, we should talk about the fact that we're down. But let's yeah. just talk about oh. the game. We should talk about the positive thing that we scored five goals. <laughs> Against the team that, at the start of the game, were second in the league. Absolutely insane. There was yeah. a stat on match of the day. Spurs have only lost five games this season. Two of them to us. And this was the only game in which they lost by more than one goal. Yeah, I think they played their part by imploding. They were awful. Arguably since the Chelsea game, they just mentally snapped. They've been very typical Spurs. They were yeah. really awful. I was wondering whether... I mean, I still think Harry Kane and Deli Ali should start for England Yeah. in the Euros. But I was thinking it feels like they're psychologically fucked and they still should start. But I do worry yeah. that they've... As a, I mean, Deli Ali wasn't even playing because he's he's already he, the consequences of his being psychologically psychologically messed up have yeah. already shown themselves. But Spurs were bad. They seem very mentally fragile. I think I'd include the Spurs players in the England friendlies and see sort of how they go. I keep trying to talk about the fact that we scored five <laughs> goals and positive things happened, and I keep on getting dragged. I drag in myself into yeah. negative things. Right. It was great. Wijnaldum. Who scored the first goal? Wijnaldum. Yeah, where's he been? Where the... Because <laughs> Wijnaldum been? All, what's that? Ele- no, is it 11 or 12 goals for the season? All 11 them, goals. All, all of, of them, them at home. home. Yeah. And that was his first for many months. It was a good finish. Like I say, I did watch the game. We were dominating. I was very yeah. surprised by the possession stats because they had at least two thirds of the possession yeah. Spurs did but we were we were the we were very much the better team for the whole of the first half and uh, 
that goal had been coming and uh, Wijnaldum took it away. Uh, the next goal, Mitrovic. That was the Mitrovic one. The classic Mitrovic goal. Yep. I think it came from a Yanmark cross, did it? Yanmark, was it not Sissoko? It could have been Sissoko. Sissoko had a great game. Yeah. Yanmark had a great game. I'm worried that all these players who had great games were suddenly realising that this is their last chance. Yeah. They were looking for a move. They were cramming for their their exam. They were... Yeah. This was their last chance. I mean... some of them will be, will be playing in the Euros. Obviously not Yamma and Wijnaldum. Well, I think the three that we mentioned there will all go this summer. Not to the Euros. I mean, they'll all leave Newcastle. I think they will, yeah. I'd be surprised if those three stay. I think they will. But Yamma, yeah, he had a great game. Yeah. I didn't, he didn't seem to be tested at all defensively, but he was no. having a lot of fun attacking. So then... Spurs got their goal back. Then Mitrovic got sent off. Then it looked like we might be it's amazing in trouble. Amazing that Mitrovic got an assist, a goal, and a red card. Like he was the full package. That's yeah. the um, perfect Im- hat trick. The imperfect hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Duncan Ferguson hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, once Mitro got sent off, it looked like we might be in trouble. And then this insane thing happened where it felt like our players were just lining up to have one-on-ones yeah with the Spurs keeper well the Sissoko one was I don't think you can call that a good save rather than just a miss it was straight at Loris's legs he should have put it away but Sissoko went on a series of brilliant runs Townsend did it was almost like it felt I think there was a couple from what I remember, there was a couple of one-on-ones that weren't even shown in the match of the day highlights. It oh. felt a bit like, you know, on uh, the old MLS, like the precursor to that, they used to have for, for penalties, there used to be... A, they, oh, where well, you'd get the ball at the halfway line. And you had to, it felt like they were queuing up to do that, just to audition for other teams. Yeah. It was really insane. <laughs> it was Townsend one, hit the post as well. Yeah, it was one of the most insane games I've ever watched. And Spurs were the team that did have something to play for. Yeah. Because they hilariously still didn't manage to finish above Arsenal. I don't know if it affects them at all, because if you're third, they don't have to go through qualifying. No, I don't think they have to go through qualifying. I don't know if it affects their ranking or not. Oh, in the, seeding in, in the groups, the, but possibly, and then it obviously affects whatever prize money you get for. But that's not something that yeah. people seem to think about. I would imagine it might have affected their bonuses. I don't know. Yeah, but it was really weird. Whereas we were completely down. But I guess maybe it was players fighting for their careers. Maybe at the same time it was. It seemed like none, no one celebrated with a smile on the face. It felt like, like Wayne Alden, particularly, his first mm. celebration felt like he was letting off steam. There was a bit of... Yeah, Aaron's jumped into the crowd for his, I think. He seemed 
fairly happy. pleased. Yeah. There's a great shot. I don't know if you saw it of Jan Matt celebrating, well, running off to the crowd after his goal. And they're all cheering apart from one guy in the front who's just giving him the two fingers. Really? <laughs> I didn't see it. It's that. just perfectly captured. Well, yeah. It's good for Rolando Ahrens to have his annual good game that makes us think he's the answer to every problem. Yeah. Well, he, I do think he's good. He is good. And he can't really bear any responsibility for no. what's happened this season, considering most of the minutes he got were at left back. Oh, God, yeah, I'd forgotten about him played. playing left back. Uh, but it felt like. I don't know if I'm just uh, putting something onto them, but it felt like there was a bit of him, like the players had something to prove and a bit of embarrassment uh, and yeah. frustration that they hadn't managed to do that for the rest of this yeah. season. I think the crowd as well definitely helped. It didn't seem to come across on Match of the Day especially, but reading everything and seeing a lot of the videos online, the crowd seemed to be non-stop cheering for Benitez. Like, there was no negativity, which was expected. We'll, we should talk about this in a second, but we'll see what actually happens. But it was... If Benitez... If they don't manage to hold on to Benitez, then you mm. could almost describe it as a cynical plan because the local media all week yeah. were saying, we need the fans to get behind Benitez to persuade him to stay. And the club were encouraging that. And so was Benitez almost in the non-committalness of his comments, which is yeah. understandable. So what previously you would have expect, you would have expected the atmosphere to be toxic. Mm. But it was like we were... It was like the club, the fans were like <laughs> in a bad marriage. Yeah. And there were people over for dinner and we were trying to put on a front. The club were trying to create such a positive atmosphere. But there were no Rafa. arguments at all. No Brilliant. arguments. But as soon as Rafa left... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. If he goes, then there's going to be some harsh words between that couple. But then there'll be pre-season and all of that. There'll be... Well, this is what is a slight worry. I mean, should we move on to Rafa now? Or? Let's do it. Let's do it. Because the worry is this process being very drawn out. It has shades of when Shearer took us down. Yeah. And then he, as far as he knew, the contract was there ready to be signed. Yeah. And then nobody just got back to him. And the worry is sort of delaying this out again, especially for the point where direct debits get paid for season tickets for next season. Yes. Like there's a, a worry that that could happen and suddenly it's like, oh no, we don't actually want Rafa. But he's making very positive noises. He is, which has surprised me. I mean, he, yeah. if, he, if he's the one who decides uh, to break the relationship, mm. then... He's, retrospectively, some of his comments will look quite cruel. I think he's been quite clever because he, he obviously knows the history of our board and the lack of control they seem to give managers. By giving such positive noises and saying he wants to be there, it sort of shows that if he doesn't stay, it's because of the board. I think it's, 
he's engineered a position where the atmosphere, if he doesn't become manager, will become so toxic against the board because the blame will all be on them. Well, he's been saying his, that his heart is in it. His yeah. heart is saying yes, but he needs to speak to them and mm. make sure that the conditions are right. And it's, it's obviously not just going to be about wages for him. No. It's going to be about what kind of power he has. And the situation with Alan Shearer last time, he was obviously a local legend, mm. but it's not like he was a proven manager. No. Yes, the fans wanted him, but it's not like we look back and say, if only we'd held on to Shearer. Yeah then things would be different because we don't I think know the, what kind of manager he was. I think the board back then wouldn't have been thinking, if we can hold on to Shearer, that will guarantee getting us straight back up. Yeah, Whereas I, mean, I think it, with Benitez, there's an argument for that. Yeah, Benitez is a proper manager. Hmm. If you look at our record, especially the last six games under him, nothing about that says he wouldn't get us straight out of the championship. And surely our board can realise that, you would hope. And apparently, so he met with, what was it, Monday now, so last night he met with Mike Ashley for a few hours and is meeting Lee Charnley again today. But all the noises coming out of the journalists seem to be coming from Rafa Benitez's camp, the positive ones, so it doesn't have the same feel necessarily to before where it's all being spun from, like, Keith Bishop and insiders at the club does feel like Rafa does actually want to stay. No matter what happens, there'll always be this, what, from the club, there's always going to be this, well, what's gone is gone. Mm. The past is the past, but we need to get behind the, the team and, and yeah. get ourselves promoted. And if they don't hold on to Rafa, that would be such a... It would be galling. I think there'd be... I think it would be quite a backlash. But at the same time, as a fan, you'd want the club to go back up. Yeah. And you'd want to get behind whoever they get in. I think it would be the final straw for a few more fans, though. Did you hear that there was... I mean, supposedly the club have played this down, but there was a little bit of talk about Neil Warnock. <laughs> Did you hear this? <laughs> God. There was some talk about Neil Warnock and Steve Bruce... Jesus. Other potentials. Now, <laughs> Steve Bruce, I would suggest, is an unambitious choice. Yeah. But it's, there's a... You can see the thing. Well, both of them have history of taking clubs out of the championship. But it's almost like it's an announcement of we are no longer an ambitious... Yeah. Plus, I don't think anyone hires Neil Warnock in the championship without it being implicit that as soon as we get to the premiership, we'll sack you because he's got a terrible record there. Yeah. It doesn't have the feeling of long-term stability. God, it'd just be depressing. That would be so depressing. It's a, it's, is it better than Joe Kinnear? Yeah. <laughs> Clear. Like, you have to remember when we got Joe Kinnear, like, he'd been out of football for about five years. Before then, he'd been at what, We just Wimbledon? plucked him out of yeah. Weatherspoons. Yeah, it was basically... <laughs> I'm trying to think who the equivalent would be now. Were you like, that person's still in football? Dave Bassett. Probably, yeah. It would be... God, I wouldn't be surprised if that it would happened. Be like, it would be like 
if now we got Mike Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry oh. Francis. But yeah, I think, I think we can hold on to Rafa. I think it will come down... To, He's been saying in his interviews a lot of the things he wants assurances for are the same things that the fans do. So it's not just about transfers necessarily. It's about the whole club. I think he'd want to reform a lot of the training stuff. He's talked about the training ground, which which has apparently fell behind. Mm. And the structures. He's obviously... The thing is, I was about to say, if we go down, we are down. Yeah, we're down. (laughs) I'm I'm still at 90%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there could always be. Some we just kind need of court some case. massive financial irregularity to get one team chucked out, or two teams. Hang on, a Norwich above us? No, we're above there. We had yes! thirty-seven <laughs> points. Which yeah, gutted canaries. I think there was something like only six out of the last twenty-one seasons would we have gone down with our points total. Right. But as well, the other I don't know if it's galling or good. Even if we'd beaten Villa. The other day, it still wouldn't have mattered because of goal difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was we a would lot have had misinformation going on Twitter. Down. Now, oh yeah. So I keep on forgetting to talk about the fact that we are down. Yeah. Is there much to say about that? Where Where were you when you found out? Did we have we done a pod since then? No, we haven't. We haven't. It was last Wednesday night when Sunderland. I won. didn't watch the Sunderland games. I didn't. No, want I didn't. To. I didn't want to, and I, I went out to my friend's leaving do and managed to forget till half ten to even look. <laughs> and it was a, because I just knew we were down. Yeah, anyway. it felt like I kept an eye on it, but I just thought I don't want to watch them celebrating it. I, the other thing we didn't talk about in the game as well was their plane flying over oh, yes. the ground. The plane. Now, Speaking of not wanting to give Sunderland fans anything, but Jesus. So yeah, what are your thoughts on the plane, Paul? It says, uh, like... I should just, for anyone who didn't see, there was a plane that said, what did it say? It said... Avida Zane... Prem. Prem. Time to say goodbye. So two shit puns yeah. on one banner. Yeah. That flew, that some Sunderland fans hired to hang uh, to fly over St James's. It was nice that that flew over a game that we won five one. Yeah. Even talking about it is sort of giving them the air of publicity. But it's by all reports you couldn't read what was yeah on the banner. If and you they were spent the over a grand doing that, so it's, right. I think it's quite fitting. You know, it tells you a lot that while Newcastle were just enjoying a game Sunderland were worrying about Newcastle to be fair from the other point of view I like to think given 20 minutes I would have come up with something better to put on that banner yeah but I don't have a problem with it I think it's quite funny and I I said this last time about the when they had a banner Uh, over that Dave was up in arms about I remember I think it's like it's a bit of banter, isn't it? I, I just think it says it says a lot about. And I, I've nothing personally against most Sunderland fans. I'm not from the area, so I've not got that inbuilt in me. But it says a lot about the mindset where you're not celebrating staying up. Like if we'd escaped, we wouldn't have been flying a plane over Sunderland. We'd have been concerned with Newcastle. That is true. I don't think they'll be able... To, I worry how they'll cope without us in that the Premiership. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. 
but they're just weak and pathetic. They're Men- just scum, Paul. They're, they're just, just scum. Now, uh, yeah, we spoke about that. Going back to Rafa. Yes. One thing that did occur to me is you wouldn't want him to have full control. Not, you would have, want him to have full control over transfers, but mm. you would want him to have some proper information because yeah. it, the sort of players that he knows about are not championship players. He won't, whoever it would be on his radar yeah. because of his knowledge about European football, you wouldn't have thought of the sort of players who are going to go to the championship. No, but I think him having control over it would mean we wouldn't be in the position which we've been in every transfer window of signing Cisco. Yeah, or or just being like, here's another number 10. Like he'd be in position to say, we don't need that. Because we need a striker or some defenders. We need a reserve right back. We need a first team left back. By all accounts, Steve McLaren was unhappy that he yeah. wasn't getting positions filled that he wanted filled yeah to be fair to Steve well you can only be so fair he still was a terrible manager yeah Steve and he knew what he can't have not known what he was signing up for which I think is why Rafa Benitez is taking his time a bit with this as well to make sure he gets assurances whether you can get assurances out of our board is the worry because Keegan was given certain assurances and they just lied afterwards. He was essentially constructively dismissed, so... Well, Who knows? I mean, not that they've shown any signs of ever learning lessons. Yeah. But perhaps there'll be some different tactics around their country this time around. Maybe. It's hard to see it happen. I don't know. I. Th- Do you reckon... Mm-hmm that Rafa would go to Everton if they offered him the job? I don't think he would. I don't think he would. But we keep on hearing about how we're at an advantage in trying to hold on to him because we're close to the Wirral. (laughs) Everton is a lot closer to the Wirral. But he's been in trouble with Everton fans before for calling him a small club. And then he went on to... That is true. But he did, he did manage Chelsea for a while after yeah. he was probably the most hated manager in the world that by Chelsea true. fans. I, I could see it happen. There's other clubs as well I could see appealing to him, like the Watford job, which seems to be coming available. But then, yeah, who knows? Well, the Watford job definitely is mm. available, but... They've proven themselves as a board. Not that yeah. like Mike Ashley is not better, but they've proven themselves to be quite odd in their They're quite trigger happy. Yeah, exactly. But I think as well, and this, there's no sort of reason for thinking this just over what you see from him when he's interviewed, but he does seem to be slightly ruled by his heart over his head. Yes. And you can tell as a club, they've sort of done a number on him. I think a lot, especially yesterday with the game, I think that seemed to ramp that up a notch. I think he wants to stay, but I don't think he'll settle for any kind of dodgy constraints on him, which worries me. 
Say it didn't work out, because this is the last podcast before. By the time we, you next hear us, the Euros will have finished. God. Dave, will you be father yet? When's the baby due? I'm Paul. Sorry, I called Jeez. you Paul. Sorry, sorry. Jeez, shit. Jeez. Let's start again. Start again. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Newcastle. <laughs> Christ. When, when, he, when is your baby due, Paul? End of Dylan. August. Paul Dillon. Paul Dillon. Yeah, it's too late now. You've, you've done it. Damage so is done. So you might miss the first... Sorry, Dave. Co- Sorry. You might miss the first few pods because you're... Yeah. On, or I might bring on, a baby on, in. On uh, paternal leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm self-employed, so my paternity leave could stretch for six, seven months. Yeah. No, it won't. Whatever happens, next time you hear us, who knows whether Rafa will be our manager. Let's say he's not. We've asked this question many times, but who would you be into getting? Kike Sanchez Flores, Paul? Moyes, I think, for me. Moyes, okay. I I think he'd do it. I think we can attract good managers as well. I quite like the idea of Kike Sanchez Flores. I know they don't... He's a good looking guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's sort of like a younger, good-looking Benitez, isn't he? Yeah. Right Is there. It? Let's have him. Done. Done. It's better. Yeah, he seems good. It's hard to tell with Watford. They had an amazing first half of the season and a terrible second half. For old time's sake, should we just have some, do some percentages? I'm just going to fire <laughs> them at you. Okay. Percentage chance of us going down? 100. It's done. It's done. Percentage, I agree. Percent is chance of Rafa managing us in our first game of the season in the championship? 65. 65% chance yeah. that he will be our manager. I'm going to go 50-50. Yeah, I think you're right. Percent is chance of us going up next season? 75. 75%. I'm kind of at 50-50 for that as well. Because, <sighs> you know, it's difficult, isn't it? I think I'm slightly... My view's a bit clouded by how easy it was last time. I know a lot's made about like the core of players we had and the leaders they were, but they were still spineless in the relegation season. Yeah. I yeah. think quality sort of wins out as well. I'm going to say 60-40. 60% chance that we'll go up. Fair Somehow. Lagrange asks going down percentage. I don't know if that was a facetious joke on this season or is he asking what is the percentage chance that we will go down to League One? I'd put it at 1%. 1%? Yeah. They are, like, people talk a I'll lot about doing a Leeds, but how long ago was that? That doesn't happen anymore. The gulf in money between Premier League... No, definitely does happen. But it usually coincides with a club going bankrupt yeah well like Bolton or Wigan are the last sort of examples or Blackpool or Portsmouth yeah but they're a while ago it coincides it looks like they're smaller clubs when a big club goes down it's always because they're bankrupt but Norwich have been down to League One Forest clubs go down don't they yeah I don't think we will you may be more accurate there than I was but still Um. Right. Oh, what else shall I say? Shit. Right. Oh, Andros Townsend. Oh, yeah. 
Gorwen Angove. I'm so sorry. That, that must I must have pronounced that wrong. Sorry, Gawen. He asks, Townsend in the England squad. Does he deserve it? I think yes. Since the, he's been a great player since coming to us, and you have to look at who. Like he's got in ahead of Theo Walcott, who's been terrible this season. If it was a straight choice between him and Walcott, then you would have to say Townsend. Yeah. Fair enough. And, and he's only one... in the 26-man squad, so there's quite a strong chance that he won't go to the Euros. No, I think thought. he'll definitely go. Do you? Well, if Walcott's not in that squad, who are the other right-wing options? Oxlade-Chamberlain's injured. I think he's in there instead of Walcott. I'd say 90% he'll be going. Right. You have to feel sorry for Antonio from West Ham in that respect. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And John Silarco. Yep. He misses out. <laughs> Get him again. on the plane. Gawen, again, apologies, also says, was that five result, five one result all about putting the players in the shop window? Well, I guess we've sort of already addressed that, but I do think with some of those players, they'll. Yeah. I think so, but I hope not. I think is the answer for there. I like to think that it was a bit of professional pride and a little bit of trying to make it up to the fans, but actually there's probably a lot of mercenary thoughts going on. So we've said that Yanmat is off, we reckon. Sissoko and Wijnaldum, we also reckon are off. Yeah. Uh, It's nice to see, we will see. But Tim Krul, Ayose and Mitro have all made comments suggesting that they would like to stay. Yeah. But, I mean, I've been bitten by footballers before. I think they're, they're young people who just want to say things that people want to hear sometimes. Well, as well, the thing is, their agents get more money out of them moving because they'll get a percentage of any fee. Yeah. So it's in the agent's interest to get a move. But it has to but be... Whether the right move comes up, I'm not sure. I'm not sure... Where Mitrovic would necessarily go. The thing about Krul, all th- I could see being offers for, and I think the club would accept any offers for Tim Krul just because of the. We've got Rob Elliott and Carl Darlow who look yeah, good I enough for the championship. I don't think that would be a, an awful decision to get rid of Krul. No. But Perez and Mitrovic are both in that weird sort of situation where if we sell them, well, we wouldn't be making a loss on Perez, but we would be not making the kind of money that you would be hoping to make on those players he's on a very long-term deal as well right but at the same time it wouldn't be like riviere for example who we probably just want to get rid of and cut a lot and just say well we cocked up yeah just like we did with tovan so i think as well mitrovic and perez would be not too good for the championship, but they would do very well in the championship. Shit, we've got to wrap up really yeah. soon. Right. Uh, I'm just going to throw some shit at you. Player of the season. Rob Elliott was awarded it. I think that's kind of fair. It's a bit harsh on Wijnaldum for a midfielder to get 11 goals in a relegation season, but he's been so hot and cold. I know what you mean. Rob, and four Rob, of them were in one game. Rob Elliott... Hasn't had a bad game. And Bemba as well, I think, is up there. He's had some bad games, but... And has been injured a bit. Wijnaldum, in, for like, at any moment, if you were to 
the best a player has played for us this season is probably Ryan Alden. There were yeah. moments in the first half of the season where he looked like absolute class. Yeah. But over the course of the season, no. Worst player of the season? Uh, that's a tough one. I've just thrown that at you. Yeah. There's a few Colachini. Yeah, I think Colachini actually. Uh, Steven Taylor hasn't played that much. But yeah, been. I was thinking Taylor, but he's not played enough. But he has been awful. Um, Honourable mentions for a few bigger players like Sissoko and Yanmat, who've just... They've only been worse because you know how good they can be. It's yeah. like when Alden going missing. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll go with Colo, I reckon. Yeah, I think that's... And... That's it. I mean, sorry we're sort of like fizzling out. Unlike our season, yeah. which ended with a bang. <laughs> sorry we won't be able, weren't able to bring you Dave Watson. I'm going to work very hard to try and get him on the show. We're hoping to possible. get him over the line. We're doing everything we can in the boardroom to get Dave on board. But we're not going to keep him as a regular. Yeah. Because he's moving. So, I mean, I know that Dave provides, he, provi- he gives you the accent. <laughs> it's true. Doesn't he? Am I going to have to put a Geordie accent on? Please, if you could okay. do that for, the, for next season. Because <laughs> Dave gives us an air of authenticity. And he's also probably, the, he's certainly the most obsessive about stats, etc. Yes. So he gives. He's the most knowledgeable. He's the most knowledgeable. So... Who knows? I mean, maybe we're going to have to... Who do we need to sign? Who does the Natter need to sign? Which is something that somebody mentioned on Twitter. I'm so sorry for for not... But thank you for everyone who's got in touch on Twitter. Sorry for not mentioning you all. Somebody a while ago mentioned that maybe the Newcastle... Uh, maybe Newcastle should sign uh, Jose Enrique. Jose Enrique. We could do with a left back. We could do with a left back and he's available. And they were also asking who should the Natter sign for next season. So we'll be on the lookout. Yeah. We'll be going down to the lower podcasts and seeing who's sort of showing potential, who can mix it in a lower division. I mean, it'd be interesting at what podcasts are lower than the Newcastle (laughs) Latter. And we'll be scrabbling around. What? Scrabbling around at night. But we've got our scouts Shelters. out there listening to other pods. Oh, very much so, very much so. And we've got a war chest for next season. So I want everyone who listens to the Newcastle and that to have a really nice summer. Yeah. Thank you for listening to us. Please enjoy the Euros. Take some time. I mean, as difficult as that is to enjoy as a tournament, but... Yeah, I think, well, I get caught up in the hype before every major tournament. Yeah. I think this is going to be a really good one. Yeah, we're going to win it. Percentage chance that England will win the Euros, Paul? 12%. 12%. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go along with that. And oh, I, feel like, I feel like what we should do now is because Dave is going, is what I should be playing is... Uh, some emotional music over a series of quotes from Dave. <laughs> what I really, if, I've, if 
if this was a full-time job and I was paid, what I would have really liked to have done is played lots of quotes from all of us from early on in the season. Yeah, where we were quite optimistic. I remember after our first game, the 2-2 against Southampton, getting very excited about our new signings and saying how players were going to... Yeah. How we were going to be so impressive on the counter-attack and we were going to score a lot of goals this season. And then when Shelby arrived, you we were like, we've, we've found the answer. We've yeah. turned the corner. We, there's been a lot of false dawns, but then that's a football. Lot of false that is football, guys. Yeah. That's football. We'll have a good season next year. We'll be... All these new grounds to go to. I think it's going to be brilliant next yeah. year. It's going to be so enjoyable just watching us win. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking yeah. forward to next season more than if we had stayed up. Well, Just go know. with it, Paul. Don't make okay, your face. Okay, okay. It'll be enjoyable. So thank you very much for listening. Have a lovely summer. Thank you, Paul Doolan. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dave Watson, for everything you've given us. Oh, God. Oh, really? Terry, right now? Oh, God. And uh, I can't end it. Bye! This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.